Well, good morning. It's more good. It's a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. It's already been said. Appreciate the devotional lesson. A rock that is higher than me. You know, there is a rock that we put our we're being established on, and uh, he that built his house on a rock, it'll stand. He that built his house on the sand, it won't stand. That's a representative of religion. Sand is a representative of religion in that verse. So if we put our, we put our hope on religion, it won't stand. But if we'll put our hope on Christ, it will stand. So we're, I'll, I'll be speaking to you this morning out of the 14th chapter of Romans. The 14th chapter of Romans. Uh, let me say before I start, it's good to have everybody here. I could mention your name, and I'm grateful and thankful you're here. Uh, I'm living with a woman that's going to be a year older this week, so <laughs> y'all pray for her and open the door for her when she comes in and all that stuff, because she's, she's getting old, and, but I thank God for her, and she's been a strength to me and a help, and I appreciate all of you. I hope and pray that this will be a good day. I've asked the Lord to, to help me teach this lesson. I, I feel weak this morning uh, in the Lord, and I need His help, and I need your prayers. So if you do that, I'd, I'd appreciate it. I have said this before, that the book of Romans has got different subjects in different chapters. And, uh, of course, I've also said this, that the book of Romans is my favorite book in the Bible. And it's my favorite book in the Bible because it tells us who we are by nature. It tells us where we're going. And it tells us that if we escape hell, who we got to trust. Now, you can't just do a few good works and seem like I say this every Sunday, but I, I feel in my heart a need to say it. Most Americans that believe in God thinks that we're going to gather up, God's going to gather everybody up, and He's going to remember what you've done, and if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, you'll go to heaven when you die, or we'll go to heaven after the judgment. That is not in the Bible at all. There's nothing in the Bible. Now, when Jesus is talking to saved people, when Paul is talking to saved people, of course he addresses works. And last Sunday I was privileged to bring you a lesson on the judgments of God. And God is going to judge. I mean, uh, Hebrews 9, 27, uh, is pointed as, and as it is pointed unto man, wants to die, and after this the judgment. And uh, so that, that guarantees us that we're going to judgment. But I need to say again, as I said last Sunday, you do not go to judgment to see if you go to heaven or hell. You go to judgment to see what your works are based on. Now, <clears throat> if your works are based on faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you do what the Bible tells you to do, then you will receive a reward. And I think those rewards, uh, according to the 
the parable of the, uh, of the talents, I think those rewards go over into the millennial reign for Christians. Now, but I want to emphasize, if you're not born again, you will not go to heaven when you die. No matter what your works are. You might have saved somebody's life uh, when they were in the water. That's good. But that won't take you to heaven when you die. So we will be talking this morning to Christians about what God wants you to do as a Christian. Now there are, uh, when you get saved, uh, you don't get sanctification immediately. Some people get sanctification quicker than others. Some people it takes a while to get some sanctification. And I think, you don't have to agree with me on this, that it, all your life, if you are saved, born again, you are sanctifying yourself as you go through the journey of life. You are sanctifying yourself. You keep on working on you. That's why the Bible says, forsake not the sin of yourselves together, as so much the more as you see the day they're approaching. And, and we see here, what we got? Maybe 27 here today. And, and how many people is in a 10-mile radius of this, of this building? So they are forsaking the assembly of themselves together for God's word. But you didn't. You came today, and I appreciate that, and God wants you to be in the house of God. And so, as I said, we will be talking to Christians on the offset this morning, and I will try to get over to, see, to some scriptures about lost people. My heart is always towards lost people. Because I know, I know what this Bible says about the nature of man. Every man's nature, when he comes into this world, you're born with a sin nature. You're born with a sin nature. And you can prove that to yourself. Uh, if you've if you're, uh, got a hammer and you're nailing a nail and you mash your finger, do you say, thank you, God? Or, or, or if somebody offends you, do you say, bless you? No, you don't. Why? Because our nature is, is a sin nature. And even we Christians have to watch those kind of things in our lives. So, so I want to say that as I begin this morning. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start this morning in verse 14, I'm in Romans 14, 14. Paul said, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus Christ that there is nothing unclean of itself, but uh, to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Now what Paul is talking about here is, is uh, food that we eat because the law had prescribed some things in the food in the food uh, line as clean clean things and unclean things. For instance, uh, you could eat grasshoppers, but you could not eat catfish. Right. Now, to us Gentiles, that don't make much sense, but to a Jew, that that was absolutely uh, okay for them. That was what they were taught. You can find that in the book of Deuteronomy. 
very clearly. So he's talking about that. And, uh, and, and, and let, uh, let me back up and read 13, and maybe it'll clarify this a little more. I want to read verse 13. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. See, now, your nature is where that when somebody displeases you, your nature is not usually to say, God bless you. We are supposed, I'm supposed to be careful about Brother Chris's feelings. Now, I'm not talking about if we tell the truth. I'm not talking about a preacher or a teacher or a witness is supposed to be careful about people's feelings from the standpoint of the Scripture. But I'm talking about that I do not put a stumbling block in the way of another Christian. And that can be done. I mean, I've been in, I've been in meetings where it looked like that every, everybody there had an axe to grind. And they preached on the subject of their pet ideas and, and most people went away as cold as they were when they got there. See, that's what, that's what this Bible is talking about. We are supposed to be sensitive about other Christians, how they feel. Now, I don't mean that Brother Bell can't correct us. don't mean that. He's supposed to be sensitive to us uh, with the Word of God in mind. But, but for me to criticize, and, and you know, when you get away from the church especially, you can find people that's ready to criticize everybody. I, I can find somebody, and, and I don't look for it because I don't want it, to criticize you and you, you and you and you. See? Because that is a sin nature's attitude, is to criticize others. And, and i got to be careful there because if you are a Christian, it is okay for you to tell somebody that something is wrong. But I found out a long time ago that it's more effective for me to, for me to teach Jesus Christ as a Savior and people lost than it is for me to pick on their, their bad habits. When I was a younger Christian, you know, I'd look at so-and-so and look what they do. I look at so-and-so and look what they do. And, 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 and I didn't grow much with that attitude. You see what I mean? But I found out now, hey, if my neighbor has uh, got a bad habit, I don't go over and knock on the door and say, hey, you don't need to smoke cigarettes or you don't need to use dope. I don't do that. I don't even turn them in. Why? Well, if I did turn them in and they got caught uh, and even if they got arrested, would that do me any good? Would that do them any good? Maybe a little bit morally, but it wouldn't do their soul any good. So I need to focus on you need Christ. Now, let me say something. If you get him in your heart, you get him really in your heart, 
it'll be easy for you to quit them bad habits. But as long as you don't have him, oh, I'm struggling to quit. I'm struggling to quit. I, I just can't quit. And that's true. That's the way we are. So, so I'm supposed to be sure I need to take heed that I don't put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in my, in, in my brother's way. I know and am persuaded to the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. All right? Uh, I know a brother, and he's a good brother. And he, he fixes uh, 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 meat that's been roadkilled. And I got some people that don't appreciate that much. And, uh, but I've decided that I'm not going to talk about that. And to him it's clean, it's clean. And to another person that's unclean, it's unclean. But, but I, don't want to make a, I don't want to make it a subject of discussion. Right. See? I mean, I, I, I think he's a good brother. But that, that's just the way he does. All right? Uh, verse 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not, that, not him that with thy meat for whom Christ died. In other words... If I got a brother that don't eat, don't eat uh, if I got a brother that, that don't eat uh, baked coon, I'm not supposed to, to bring it up and ridicule him over it. Right. That's right. My mama, my mama was very strict on us when we visited people. And she would line us up, us three, and say, when we get over to that so-and-so's house, don't you embarrass me. And if, and if they pass you the turnip greens to eat, I know, I know you don't like turnip greens, don't you have a fit and say, I don't like turnip greens. You just say, no, ma'am, I wouldn't care for any. And, and she was very, very strong on that. And, 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 and if you disobeyed it when you got home, you, the least you got was a good talking to and, and, and so you know that kind of goes along with this don't make another person's habit something that offends you especially if it's not unscriptural for instance I talked to you about a brother that, that fixed coon and eats it where's it say in the Bible not to eat a coon it says it to the, to, to the Jews but it don't say it to us Gentiles. See what I mean? Really? And, and while I'm on that subject, I just say this to you. Uh, this won't cost you anything. If, if you go research a raccoon's habits, they're much cleaner than a swine. And all y'all like ham and pork chops, don't you? You see what I mean? So now I don't care what you eat, but I'm just telling you, let's don't make that a point of disagreement with somebody, a Christian. All right? Let not that then your good be evil spoken of. See? In other words, that's what Paul's saying. Don't waste your time talking to somebody about habits that you can't do nothing about anyway. Okay? For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
See? And that's what I want. I want joy and the Holy Ghost. I pray that God will give me that. That's what I look for and search for. For he in the for he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. That's a very good, important scripture. You might want to underline the last few verse, words there. Instead of stirring up trouble in the church, we're supposed to be promoting peace and edification. In fact, Paul said in another place, let everything be done, edifying of the church. Edifying means build up, uh, brag on it, boast on it. Don't criticize the church. And you say, well, brother so-and-so does something I don't like. Well, if you, if you got that idea, what does Matthew 18 say do about it? Get up in the church and tell about brother so-and-so's sins or his mistakes. Go to him, you and him alone. I got a Baptist history book of the old Baptist in uh, Kentucky. And uh, their, their conferences was filled with people being brought up on charges. Right. And, and, and the moderator would invariably say, has the, has the uh, rule of Matthew 18 taken place, brother? In other words, have you gone to him? Or are you just bringing it to the church? Right. And they were very strict on that. And so I think this is what, what, what that amounts to. And, and you know why, when, somebody, when another Christian offends you, you know why we won't go to them and talk about it? We're too proud. Right. Oh, well, if I go talk about uh, them doing this, they might talk about me doing that. Well, hey, maybe I need to be talked about doing that. See what I mean? But we're not supposed, and, 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 and I know you young Christians have not experienced this, but some of us older Christians have experienced really what they call knock-down and drag-out church meetings over various things, over preachers, over, uh, over doctrines, over who can preach the gospel and who can't. I've been in, I've been in meetings where you know, it got to be heated debates. And I don't think that's profitable. I don't think that's profitable. And, and you could hold it down if you, have a, if you have a problem with your brother or sister if you go to them in private. Jesus said that. Jesus said to do it. And that's what we're supposed to do. And now, now I'm not talking about, now, and I've done said this, but I won't say it again. I'm not talking about preachers preaching on my sins. They're supposed to do that. And they're supposed to preach on your sins. And they're supposed to preach on their sins. Okay? That does not, that, this scripture does not mean that. It does not mean that all of us are not to take biblical correction. We are to take correction. Okay? 
Verse 20. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for a man who eateth with offense. See? It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. What does this paragraph right here say? We also engage, maintain family and secret devotion to religiously educate our children to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances. Seek the salvation. To walk circumspectly in the world, that means honest. That means honestly. To be just in our dealings, faithful in our engagements, exemplary in our deportment. To avoid all tattling and backbiting. Is that what we're talking about? And excessive anger. To abstain from the sale and use of destructive drugs or intoxicating drinks as a beverage. To shun pornography. To be zealous of our efforts to advance the kingdom of our Savior. I know men wrote that. But that's a summary of Christian living. What the church and what God expects out of you and me. Right. See? It's not that... It, I want to say this carefully, but I want to say it. It's not that if I went and took a drink of alcoholic beverage, it would damn my soul. That's not it. But if Sister Sherry saw me do that, it would damage my... Uh, uh, my Christian image in her sight. See? So that's why we do it. We don't, we don't, we don't abstain from intoxicating liquor because it'll send your soul to hell. Now, if you're lost, it will. It'll help send you if you're lost. But a Christian, see, once you're really born again saved, you can't be lost again. But now let me caution you, don't fake it. Make sure it's real. If it's really real, you can't lose it. But we don't do that because of what I'm teaching this morning. See, we are to promote the kingdom of God. And you can't promote the kingdom of God, Christian, if you, if you fool with alcohol. I'm talking about the drinking kind. Or if you go over to this casino, or if you have habits that's un, unclean in the sight of God, you can't please God. And you will not be advancing this church. All right? He went ahead to say, It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine or anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Now, I know sometimes a situation happens when you are doing legal things, but you don't do it just like Brother Smith does it. And he might get a little offended about that. Well, if he does, go to him. Don't get up on the church floor and my people's here against Brother Smith. How many of you is with me? That's, that's not heard of in the Bible in the church. There are not supposed to be 
divisions in the church over anything. And I've had situations where there was some divisions, and a good pastor handles it because he brings the, the perpetrators together and say, look, we're going to get this straightened out. And that's what they need to do. All right? Hast thou faith, have it not to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. See? <clears throat> so, I'm not saying that the New Testament has got any dietary rules in it. Now, yes, this good brother from Scotland, he was out there describing a dish that they eat in Scotland. And, and, and I've been to Ireland, and, and they got over there what they call blood pudding. And I was offered some, and I said, no, I can't do that. First of all, it didn't look good. Second of all, the New Testament and the Old Testament says, Thou shalt not eat the blood of anything. You shall not do that because blood, life is in the blood. But if you do that, you can be forgiven. Now, I want to I wanna talk a few minutes about people that's, that's legally the Bible is talking to, saved people. And I want to say this morning, if you're not saved, the most important thing for you to do is to get saved. And I said yet last Sunday, I won't say it again. It's up to you. It's up to you. God did all he's going to do when he sent his son to Calvary to die for you. And the Bible says he placed the iniquities of us all upon him. That means if you got sin, Jesus Christ died to cover that sin. Now, it's up to you. I, I told one person, they said, I'm lost. I said, what you need to do is in your secret time, like when you go to sleep at night, or just right where you're sitting now, just say. You don't have to say it with your lips. Say it with your heart. God reads heart language. God, I'm lost. And show me what to do. If you do that with honest heart, he will show you what to do. And he's going to require you to repent. And repent, repentance is a bitter dose on your flesh. Repentance means you admit to God What's wrong with you? You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell the preacher. Tell him. And you ask God to forgive you and you take Jesus Christ as your Savior because he is the Savior. Now last week I talked about the white throne judgment. Do you remember that? All whose names were not written in the Lamb's book of life was cast in the lake of fire that burneth forever and ever. I, I tell people, when I read that verse, you know the word that gets my attention more than the rest? It's cast. They were cast. 
people say, no, I'm going to run up there and, and find out, well, I'm at the white throne judgment and I, I'm condemned, so goodbye, boys, I'm going to dive in. Oh, no, no, that's not the way it's going to be. I think people in the Bible don't say this, but I think it anyway. I think when people see that burning abyss, they're going to screech and draw back and, and, and try to flee. But God's got an angel there that's going to cast you into the lake of fire. That's what the Bible says. He casts them into the lake of fire. You say, well, is God that mean? No. Because God gave you today with a preacher and a Bible and to, do, to instruct you to repent. That's grace. You could be with them out there that don't even believe in God. Guess where they're going to stand at the white throne judgment? I met a lady the other day. I tried to give her a track. She said, I'm an atheist. Walked off. I said, well, have a good day. I thought, well, you better have a good day because your, 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 your future days is going to be hot. And, and so I'm just pleading with you. If you are lost, I don't know if you are or not. Some of you say you are, and that's good. It's good, it's good to admit you're lost. That's the first step. Just say, I'm lost. Used to, 40 years ago, I would meet people once in a while and say, you a Christian? No, I'm not. I need to be, but I'm not. You know what I meet now? Ain't no, nobody's concerned about it. They're not concerned about it. Now, what does that tell me? That tells me that the world is plunging towards a time when the Antichrist is going to take over. And people don't care. They don't know. As I said before, when, when I was a teenager, and we have two-week revivals, morning and night, no preacher had to preach on hell. Now people comes in, and we have to preach and teach on the reality of hell. Hell is real. In fact, the New Testament has more to say about hell than it does heaven. Did you know that? It's real. But the first thing you need to do, I think, is believe this Bible. Now, I think it's a sure way to get reprobated to say, oh, there ain't nothing to that old Bible. It's 2,000 years old, no wreck. Some old men wrote that, and uh, they were probably racist, and, and, and I'm not going to pay attention to it. Okay? That's your choice. You can do that. But what are you going to do when you come to the white throne judgment? And you will be there. You will be there. The Bible says, it's appointed unto man wants to die, and after this the judgment. Paul said, God commandeth all men everywhere. That means me. That means you. That means you. That means you. Amen. To repent. God commands it. And what is repentance? Like I said a while ago, it's admitting in your heart to God that I'm a sinner. And God, I need you. Now, God so loved the world, the world of mankind, not an environmental, not an environmentalist. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that what? Whosoever believeth 
in him. You say, well, I believe in Jesus. I know it. And we're going to have Christmas. And I believe, not that kind of belief, in your heart. I read that to you in Romans chapter 10. Believe with your heart and confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I know that repentance to your flesh is a bitter dose. But I hope today that the Holy Ghost will convict you so heavy that you'll say, Mr. Pollard, that's true. Now, you don't have to tell me nothing. I'm not involved. It's between you and God. But I hope that the Holy Ghost will convict you so deep that you'll come up here and bow down and say, God, what must I do to be saved? And you hear the the voice of the Word saying, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And let me say something to you now. If he really blesses your sins away, he will let you know it. The preacher won't have to tell you. I won't have to tell you. Nobody won't have to tell you. You will say, my sins are gone. You'll know it. He does that by the Holy Ghost. He don't do it by me telling you that. See, he'll do it for you. All right, my remarks this morning have been scattering. I hope you'll forgive me. And I hope and pray that God bless it. My, my total motive is to help the church, to edify the church, and to urge sinners, urge sinners to come forward and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And he will forget your sins. You know what? When you get saved, God forgets everything you've ever done. He does. He forgets all your wrong. But now, if you don't repent, He don't forget it. In fact, the Bible says there's a book of remembrance being written. See? And you know what we said last week? We'll be judged according to our works. If you remain lost, God is going to bring up all of your activities that was ungodly when you get to judgment. But if you'll trust Him and find Him as your Savior, He'll forget them bad words you said. He'll forget them bad deeds you did. He he just wipes the slate clean. God does that. God does that. You say, what about man? Well, man's not the judge. Man, right, some few, few people might remember some of your old deeds. I'm like Brother Bell. I kind of, these places I kind of hesitated to go during my Christian life, afraid they would bring them up. But, but God has forgot it. Ain't that good? God could forget what you used to be. But you've got to get saved. You've got to get saved. He's not going to forget it because you breathe air and got head, hair on your head. He's not going to do that. All right, brothers and sisters, you've got my message this morning. I hope and pray that you'll, you, you are blessed by it because I, I had no intention, had no intention of offending anybody. I just want to tell you what the Word of God says. All right.